it's way too early for this. <laughs> it for those Biconics wrestling nerds out there, if you're watching this, you can see that normally it's not so bright in my room because you know we record at nighttime on a Friday evening. But we are giving you the exclusive of a Sunday morning review because why? We love you guys. Also, there may or may not have been some miscommunication on my part. <laughs> but hello, all you Biconics wrestling nerds out there. And welcome to another episode of the Takedown Troop Reviews for DNA Wrestling. This is our weekly TNA Wrestling Review Show. I am your host, Mikey. Joined with me this week is Andrew. The duo here is going to get you through TNA this week. Shout out to Will, who is currently recovering from the flu. We wish him a speedy recovery and to take rest. And Will, if you watch this later, just know it's okay. We totally understand. You don't have to feel bad about it. We love you and we're excited for you to recover and join us back again this upcoming week, hopefully. So without further ado, this was a pretty quick show to get through. This was the last of the Orlando tapings they had back all the way at the beginning of January, which is really crazy to say. Yeah. This is, this, we're in February now. <laughs> um, and, you know, let's just get right into it. So we wasted no time this week. We opened up TNA this week with Chris Saban taking on John Skylar. The one thing I want to say quickly before we go into the actual match itself I love that Ali's presence was filled here, even with him physically not being there, because this match was being sponsored by Mustafa Ali himself, and we even had the little banner yeah. at the bottom of the whole entire match. I'm just like, I love this character. I love Ali so much. This is great. And the match itself, I keep saying this all the time. I feel that John Skyler and the good hands in general, everyone forgets, even though they're kind of the sticky comedic heels kind of thing where we know they're going to get their butts whooped half the time. John Skyler, I keep forgetting. I was like, oh, yeah, you can actually wrestle because this was a pretty good match. I enjoyed this one. Yeah, I was I was surprised that they opened with this, considering it had Chris Saban in it, but it was kind of a good opening, you know, kind of kind of got us excited. I love that they continue the storyline. Um, obviously, why Ollie is other places doing other things because he's trying to take over the world. Um, I'm interested to see where the whole good hands Ali thing goes, if he's actually going to embrace them and use them, or if it's just like a thing of convenience. Um, I'm happy to see the good hands back too, uh, because they're another good addition to the tag team division. Um, but it's fun to get them, get to see a little showcase of what they can each individually do. Uh, and I think it was a good choice for Saban to get a match in where he gets to, you know, pick up another win against a quality opponent. Um, but yeah, the the my favorite thing of this was how much it continued the storyline building up to no surrender um, and the mind games that Ali is playing. Because how how irritating does it have to be to have the person that you're going to face for your title be the one sponsoring the match that you're in and have their name plastered all over it. It's, it's great. I loved it. It's such a small detail that I love it so much. And as you said, Chris Saban picks up the victory here. This is in hindsight, you know, looking over the episode after watching, I was like, this was a good place to put this match Mm -hmm. because there was also a lot of other things to unpack as we went on. So we go from this match and we shoot backstage. Gia is with Alex Shelley. 
And basically, this promo served up to set up for our main event later where he's mm-hmm. going to be taking on Eddie Edwards. And essentially, I was disappointed in Alex Shelley because he did not. There was a beautiful moment where he could have said, it's time to dismantle the system. I'm like, overthrow the patriarchy. But he missed it. I was like, damn it. We were so close, Shelley. We Wrong so promotion. Close. Patriarchy is in a different promotion. That is fair. Overthrow <laughs> the establishment. <laughs> Listen, I'm. It says a lot about me of how I view professional wrestling. I'm like, overthrow the establishment. <laughs> I'm very, very riotous. And I was like, Alex Shelley, you disappoint me. You were so close to getting it. But and I, I, I don't want to bring this up. But as soon as I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. I was just like, I know we can't help certain things. But I, I noticed more and more that Alex Shelley is kind of only really facing with his right side to the camera and i was Mm. just like because then i was like oh yeah i forgot he has a lazy eye (laughs) does he i've never noticed now i'm not gonna now that's all i'm gonna be looking for well on top of that too and i don't know when he speaks too i noticed that the tongue for certain ethan like yeah it goes a little little close there's a little bit of a lisp i was like Mm. not a not enough to be a dusty lisp but (laughs) well and he uh, often chews gum, like he'll often have gum, and so I don't That's think that helps. That's the other thing helps. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I never understand. I I get why wrestlers chew gum before matches, but I've seen wrestlers like still be chewing gum and still have it by the end of the match. I'm like, that's a choking hazard. <laughs> oh yeah, I just I can't remember who it was, but I just watched a match. I think I was rewatching a, a slightly older match from a couple years ago, and I can't remember who it was. But I realized, I was like, what's that blue thing in their mouth? And then they hit a move and they got up and they started chewing. And I was like, are you wrestling with gum in your mouth? <laughs> Listen, the inner teacher is coming out. It's like, you yeah. should not have gum in the wrestling ring. But, but I, overall, I still enjoyed this promo. Yeah. And this was a better promo than what we have been getting so far building up in this feud. I was like, why, why couldn't we have this? Like, it's, it's just... <sighs> whatever <laughs> yeah i'm hoping that you know obviously we'll get into it later as uh, the night went on we see more things added to this feud uh coming up so i'm hoping we get to see more of that in the promos too. get to see additional faces um back there so we can kind of get the idea of where they're gonna fit into everything um but yeah i mean it was good it was you know it, it built it felt right and it was quick enough that it didn't feel like it went on too long no so from here, we go into our first knockout match of the evening. So this is a rerun of Tasha Steeles and Zaya Brookside. So this is the second time they're facing mm-hmm. each other. At first, I didn't know how to feel about Tasha Steeles' entrance gear. I was just like, huh, this is interesting. But then I was like, you know what? I kind of dig it. I'm okay with yeah. this. And then, of course, Zaya Brookside comes out. She's more ethereal. I was like, okay, cool. This match, I will say, this is probably... I mean, this is only the second time these two faced each other, mm-hmm. but this was definitely better than the first one. Not to say the first one was bad, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh, now they're more comfortable with each other. This is yeah. good. And I love seeing that we're getting healed Tasha back because she wins with a mm-hmm. handful of tights for the yeah. roll-up. I was like, I like Tasha when she's a heel. I think that's some of her best work. Yeah, it was... Uh, I have to say, I, I, I kind of dug the... Uh the Cleopatra-esque look that she was rocking. <laughs> right. um, I just gave her a little bit of like uh, gravitas as she was coming down to the ring. Uh, and then I like how it tied into her gear, her actual like in-ring gear. Um, 
uh, yeah, I was not upset about seeing this. Like, I had to think for a second. Like, I know we've seen them in the ring together because uh, they were in the multi-person match, but I wasn't sure if I had seen, and I couldn't remember. And I was like, oh no, I swear I've seen this before, but have I? Uh, but I wasn't upset about it, and I like how they played into the idea of like this being kind of a rematch. Um, so it gives me the idea we might see this them match up again, which I think is okay because we do need to see some people building up into the like higher rankings for the knockouts division. Uh, and I think both of them, you know, Tasha is a great bring back to TNA, and Zaya is a great new addition. Uh, so it's fun to get to see them and obviously the different cities they go to get to see them in the ring together. Um, and I liked that it was a good showcase for Zaya, but also it kind of showed how crafty and dangerous like Tasha can be because um, she does have that veteran quality to her. So uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fun match. Uh, so, yeah, I was happy to see it and interested to see how they fit in with the rest of the knockouts division. Absolutely, and I 100% agree. I'm excited to see these two continue to feud, especially, as you mentioned, it's important that, you know, them having Tasha be re-signed and then bringing in and signing Zaya. And I think this is could be a fun little feud outside of a championship picture, which is something that we want to see for TNA's yeah. divisions, is having feuds that don't require a title to be in there because... Lord knows we have way too many other promotions that do that <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, just have a feud without a title. It's fine. Trust yeah. me. It's going to be good. Speaking of things being good, I was reminded why I love GYV because we had this backstage segment. ABC is in the back. They're talking about, you know, GYV. They're talking about how we're, they basically recap how we got to this point. And I was like, wow, you did that in one minute. I'm so happy that you did. <laughs> like, which is smart because in case somebody was tuning into yep. TNA, I was like, okay, do I have to go watch everything else beforehand? No, this is where we are in the story. This is how we got here. And, you know, this is what's going on. And before Chris Bay gets a chance to, to like, talk his smack, GYV come out from behind and they just jump <laughs> ABC. They start brawling in the hallway with the chairs. A stack of chairs almost fell over, which I got mm -hmm. nervous for. I was like, not the chairs. <laughs> Somebody's going to get hurt. It's funny because... um you know, uh, as we also review Ring of Honor, uh, Ring of Honor had a tag team attack another tag team, use a road case that was against a uh, stack of trusses. And in this, we had a tag team attack another tag team with Here's a road case against a bunch of chairs stacked. And so it was just I was watching it and they each went after a body part. And so I was watching it, I was like. It's really weird how much similarity there are between the the episodes in the same week of Ring of Honor and TNA, which is funny because, as you mentioned, TNA was recorded weeks ago. Um, so it's just, it was just something interesting. I didn't mind it. I didn't feel like, oh, we're seeing the same stuff because it did both of those things told the story. Um, and it just shows you how grizzled the grizzled young vets are. Like, they're just... I mean, they're like soccer hooligans. They're going to come in and they're going to beat you up. Um, and it kind of continued how they won their match the first time that they faced off. And I think this will give some heat um, to build up the like how mad ABC is going to be. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see if they play into um, Ace Austin's arm and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I, I'm really digging this feud and I like how they're building up to it and spacing it out. I am too. 
And I'm very interested to see how we sell that. Because as you mentioned, GYV take Ace Austin's arm and then slam the case on it, which is never looks pretty. Even if you don't slam it that hard, I'm like, no, don't put pressure on that box. I was like, you're going to fracture. So it's bringing me nightmares. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> it's great. I love it, though. And I'm super excited. I mean, we have the battle of the alphabet. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> which we're getting their second match next week, which I'm super excited for. So we were reminded of that promo that Frankie Kazarian cut last week. And, and I was just like sitting here. I was like, oh, God, I forgot how much I hated this. Yeah. Yeah. But something that I didn't hate is, is that <laughs> I did an exclusive backstage segment. I had a pause, though, because we'll get through it and then I'll tell you why I had a pause. So Frankie Kazarian is walking backstage, which seems to be from last week. And he is confronted by Jake something where he basically tells Frankie, I was like, I don't know what happened to you. I used to look up to you, man. And mm -hmm. Frankie fires back. What do you mean you used to? I was just like, I don't know what this version is, but if you want somebody to step up to in the ring, then you better be ready because mm -hmm. uh, you might get your wish as he walks off. And halfway through this, I had to pause while I was watching this because, again, I pick up on the weirdest things. I had to pause because I'm like, Jake, do we have dirt on our nose? So I zoomed in. I'm like, oh, that's like a little diamond piercing in the nose. I was like, okay, uh -huh. kind of punk. I'm like that's kind of punk. <laughs> yeah. See, I didn't even notice. Because at first I thought it was a speck on my TV. Screen. Yeah. I was like, he had a little this? piece of glitter. Yeah. It was like a black onyx rhinestone. I was just like, oh, that's a little pier that's a little nasal yeah. piercing. Okay. I was like, that's punk rock. I love it. Well, and it's funny because they hide a lot of Jake some things. And I say they, I mean he he it may be how he just sets up his gear. But he's got a huge leg tattoo that he always wears that sleeve over. Copyright um, Dragon Ball Z doesn't he want to get in trouble. Yeah, um, but he's got a bunch of stuff around it too and everything. So, but you know, it's one of those things where it's just like interesting to see the little like details from life outside the ring uh, into the ring. And so, yeah. Um, but I thought this was cool. I mean, I I, I wouldn't hate seeing a Jake something Kazarian uh, feud going on, um, as long as Kazarian can give us some better. Uh, promos going in to give us a reason to actually care about him being a bad guy right and i think with jake being his feud for now because i think the breaking point is going to be eric young is going to find a way to get yeah. back into the story because that's where this whole thing stemmed from and honestly i'm not going to complain i mean there's more jake something on my screen and i think yeah. that we need to utilize him since he signed back with tna which i'm super happy about So from a wrestling standpoint, while this may not have been my favorite wrestling match, I was just excited because we finally been missing a piece of Speedball Mountain for the longest time that we finally got to see. So this leads into Mike Bailey taking on Zachary Wentz. This was a fun little match. I enjoyed it. I mean, Zachary Wentz and Bailey, they Speedball like <laughs> they're good. It was just a fun match. Um. I really enjoyed seeing the Rascals continue to be the Rascals. Yeah. Bill's not here, but I enjoy their shenanigans because the only reason Zachary won this match is because Trey Miguel pushed Bailey off the top rope. Is like, yeah. There we go. And, yeah, I, you know, pick up the win here. I I actually really enjoyed this match. Um, I can't remember uh, how I ranked everything else, but it was definitely in the top matches for me. And, like, whenever I see Mike Bailey, he has a very unassuming appearance. Um, 
and I I looked back as I was watching this match, and I was like, Mike Bailey does not have a bad match. Like every one of his matches that I've seen, I'm always impressed. I'm always shocked, and it's funny because I've seen him do these things before, but just watching him do them consistently is crazy. Um, and you know, to be fair to that, he's not in there by himself. So I think this was also a really good showing of what Zachary Wentz can do. Um, and I did like the shenanigans that the Rascals keep pulling even in their singles matches, because that's that's the type of heels that they are, and they should be utilizing those things. And, you know, I don't want to say that I was glad that Zachary Wentz won, but I did like that it shows, like, you can't fight the Rascals on your own. Like, it's really hard. And I think in some ways that shows what Nick Nemeth was able to do. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed that aspect. I also got a kick out of some of the commentary, um, when, um, they were talking about blacking out, um, and the comment was, uh, to uh, Matthew Raywald, uh, was, I wish you would black out every time we do this show. And his response was, I might, if I keep hanging out with the rascals, I'm really fun. I mean, in a really fun and good way. And it was just like, I just love the like little nods to things like that, that it was just like, like oh my God. I love that. I love yeah. the commentary to you so much. I love Tom Hannafin and Matthew Raywald. Yeah. <sighs> I loved it so much, but let's talk about the moment we've all been wanting yeah. so badly because, you know, at Hard to Kill, certain travel issues forbidded one person from being there to help out. But the Rascals, I love that they get into the ring and Mike Bailey's just like, oh, I'm still hurt. They look at him. They look at each other. They look at him. They shrug their shoulders and then they go to beat him down. They're like, hmm, do we want to do this today? Yeah, let's do it today. Yeah. Which I love. So Zach and Trey, they end up getting, you know, a couple licks in. And then the British dad himself, Trent <laughs> Seven, comes out and comes in for the save. I'm like, oh, Trent, I've missed you so much. Like, I'm so happy that you're finally here. It was funny when he came down. Like, I don't know if it was the clothes, his the way his hair was or what. But it was funny because I was like, I feel like he's, this is the most he's ever looked like Pete Dunn's older brother or an older version of Pete Dunn. Yes. <laughs> it was just funny. I loved it too. He comes out to celebrate for a hot two seconds. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to do the save. And then it celebrates and then just jumps into the ring. Yeah. Kind of evens it up a little bit. And then Steve Macklin comes in <laughs> and you know, then it becomes a three on two. Nick Nemeth's music hit. I wrote this down because I thought it was hilarious. You know, as Nick Nemeth was delivering super kicks to everyone. I saw that when it was Macklin's turn, ran from the corner tripped over trey miguel yeah got back back up and then received the super kick i was like yes that is how we recover in professional wrestling because he tripped over yeah but i kind of liked it because there were i mean we had six people in the ring um and two of them had just gotten super kicked and were all dazed and it kind of added to this like they were all confident when they were in control but as soon as things started going out of control it was like chaos and so the way he recovered from falling down, it was like it perfectly set him up to get the super kick because he was all off, you know, off balance and it just left him wide open. And so I know it was a, you know, it was a mistake, 
but it felt real because it was but he didn't like you know he wasn't thrown off by it um so i loved i i loved this whole like setup with this feud that we're getting with these six people it was it was cool i really liked the ending to like just seeing them all together I feel like this is probably my favorite mistake that I've seen so far this year yeah. in professional wrestling because it was so seamless. So I, I tripped, get back up, let's do this, boom. Yeah. Boom. So good. So there might be some divided opinions, but so we get this little video package promo from <laughs> Khan himself. And you know what? This is the same sh- character that he was in the previous company. And then, you know, when I was done listening to this promo, I have to say, I kind of dig this direction we're going with Khan for me personally. I was like, I've always wanted to see how he would do on his own with promos. And honestly, I think he did pretty good. You know, I think he did okay. Now, when you couple that with what happened later, I was like, as a whole entire package, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I can get behind this singles push for Khan or a singles feud for Khan. Because we technically need more big powerhouses right now in TNA. Well, and I feel like he's one of the biggest guys in TNA. I mean, height and mass wise, um, you know, so it, it's kind of cool to have a, a figure like that, you know, especially if he's going to be kind of, um, you know, a more vocal abyss kind of character. Um, and I was there the whole way until the end when he like did his like scream head shake because all I could watch was his ears wiggle. He was doing this <laughs> thing and his ears were just wiggling the whole time and i was just like no i was like we were so close (laughs) yeah but all in all i thought it was good i think it's uh it's much more interesting i'm much more interested in this than i was as we were winding down from the design um and i think like i i am i'm here to see what he's gonna do against some of the other like monster figures as we'll see later on in the evening um going forward yeah, I was like, sign me up for Khan. And then it's just bittersweet because we get... I was really surprised to actually see this match here, like, in the middle of the show. I was like, mm-hmm. I felt like we could have had it a little bit closer, but it makes a lot of sense. This was the tag team match. Trinity and Jordan Grace taking on the Chantourage, which is Giselle Shaw and Savannah mm-hmm. Evans. Trinity's last TNA match for now. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because this was taped, like, the day before she made her return yeah. to Rumble is really weird to see this part but this match was fantastic and i think this was a nice way to send off trinity and her tna mm-hmm. run here i mean yeah. the match itself i knew what i was getting for jordan yeah. and trinity weren't gonna lose <laughs> but what a send off for trinity yeah i mean at first when i saw this i was like why is this not the main event obviously thinking about the fact that it's a knockouts t- uh, champion against the number one contender with the former knockouts champion who's also you know it's her last match um but then as like things went on i kind of was like okay this makes more and more sense the more the evening went um because mm-hmm. it kind of felt like we had a good set of bookends and and this in the middle to really like strengthen it up um, it was a good, fun match. I really enjoyed it. It was, and I think part of that was the knowing it was Trinity's last match. Um, you know, kind of, you could kind of see it in her face when uh, she locked in uh, the finish. Um, I think it was also really fun that they got to wrestle there that evening, and then you know, even a surprise to Jordan, 
um, was that they got to then wrestle again the next one at the Royal Rumble. And so uh, it, it was it was just a lot of fun across the board. And it was just something that it was like, I just, you know, felt very thankful for the time that we got Trinity. Um, and, uh, you know, as sad as I am to see Trinity go and, uh, you know, I, I'm all here to support uh, her Naomi return um because i i want to believe that this is what she wants and it's the best for her so i'm all about that for people getting getting those things especially people who really i feel like you know they really deserve it uh and i thought this was a fun match that set up the future for the title um which i feel like the knockouts division especially has been really good about like we saw it with like you know, Mickey James leading into it. And when she had to like lose the title, we saw it with Deanna uh, going into Trinity. We saw it with Trinity going to Jordan. And now like we see this like, okay, I'm going to leave and go somewhere else to continue my career, but I want to leave you on an upswing. Um, and I felt like that, that did this and it kind of set us up, um, which just made me, made me look that much more forward to seeing, uh, Jordan Grace versus Giselle Shaw. So, yeah, I think this did a good job of making me, I mean, I was excited when we got yeah. jo- announced Jordan versus Giselle anyways, but now seeing this match and then the context of the digital mm-hmm. exclusive. So let's, let's talk about that real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, since we are talking about the no surrender match. We get a digital exclusive, which I'm like, I don't actually have to pay attention to the social medias for missing information, but Giselle hashtag fought, we want Scott. Yes, hashtag we want Scott, and you know, this is still these tapings are still underneath the Scott Demore like regimen. Um, stay tuned for that video, which will be uploaded tomorrow about our little <laughs> rant. So, uh, we'll we'll. Just watch that video. We have all the feelings in there. And then we've processed said feelings over the last couple of days. Hashtag we still want Scott. (laughs) But at No Surrender, it's going to be Jordan Grace versus Giselle Shaw. I think they still haven't made it clear, but I'm like, yes, they did say it here. She is using her Ultimate Mm -hmm. X opportunity for this match. And in this little digital exclusive, she pretty much taking the advice of Gail Kim that she had all those weeks ago. She fired the Chantourage, she fired Jay Vidal, and she's willing to give Savannah Evans a chance, but she's going to have to win her next match in order to prove her. I was like, I'm like, yes, let's go. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think if they're going to have Savannah Evans set up for a match to give Jordan something like, you know, to continue build up to the No Surrender show up, like I'm, I would. I'm here to watch a you know Savannah Evans versus Jordan Grace match because that's just another you know two beefy ladies fighting each other. So uh, that'll be a fun setup and gives us some more opportunity for uh, some shenanigans and storytelling heading into No Surrender. So, Ugh. I'm here for the shenanigans, just like <laughs> I was here for the shenanigans. This is the best oh. backstage. This is the best backstage segment we got this week, and. Literally, I know life happens, but this is where I'm going to announce it here. Will, I'm so upset that you couldn't be here because this is what Joe Hendry is. Will's a dude. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. all our dudes. But let's set this up real quick. So, Diener is backstage. He cuts a promo, you know, trying to figure out where he goes now that the design has finally been dismantled. And then AJ Francis walks in, which I was, which this kind of fixed the problem we had before. I was like, stop going to Rich Swan. He said no. Yeah. So now he's going to go to Diener, which is a heel. I was like, okay, that makes a little more sense now. 
and he's talking to Diener, trying to get him to you know spill about what he knows about mm-hmm. Joe Hendry, and then <laughs> this was so seamless. Diener's like, "Oh, you mean Joe Hendry?" And then Agent France is like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, don't say his name." And then his music like seriously <laughs> plays, saying, "Is this is like say his name, and he will hear I believe in Joe Hendry." And then the fun, this yeah. cracked me up so much. You know, Joe Hendry does the clap and Diener does it too, like on like reflex yeah. alone. And AJ Francis broke the four walls. Like, why are we clapping? <laughs> like, why did you clap? Yeah. And, and Diener Diener's looks at like, his hands. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I was cracking up so yeah. much. This is so good. And then it got into the other best part about this is that it seems we're inching closer and closer to Joe and AJ like continuing mm-hmm. this feud and potentially having to match it down the line at some point. And this also does something because Joe Hendry just looks at Dean and is like, he, I, I was laughing too much to write down the insult that <laughs> Joe Hendry read off of his phone to AJ Francis. I was like, yes, was harsh. That was so harsh, but that was so good. I loved it. And then as AJ Francis leaves, he's like, all right, bet. Like, I'll see you later. Joe Hendry turns to Dean and is like, What's, he seems angry all the time. And then Diener's like, I don't need you speaking for me. I don't mm-hmm. want you to touch me. And then walks off. I was like, this is a potential other thread we have for Joe. Listen, I just want more Joe Hendry on my yeah. screen. If, if Joe Hendry's got to face Diener in a match just to have, you know, to get to see Joe Hendry wrestle and have him wrestle someone and maybe AJ Francis, you know, get involved somehow or just to like get more chances to see Joe Hendry wrestle to get, you know, to get some more information on him. Um, like I said, when they first had had their first interaction, uh, I think Joe Hendry is a great um, kind of counter to AJ Francis. I think uh, he has so much hype and enjoyment behind him. It just makes the like, dislike for aj francis that much stronger which is what they're going for um i'm interested to see if he's going to be successful ever at recruiting people um but i do like um, i'm i'm aj francis's character in tna is growing on me more and more of just like seeing the depth you know what is this character beyond the surface uh and yeah any anytime we get more joe henry the better it's uh you know i'm here for it i love that whole moment um yeah he he's our he's our backstage promo guy for tna hands down um so yeah i'm excited to see where this goes uh and i thought diener was also actually a really smart choice because he kind of played well between the two of them literally and figuratively (laughs) i i'm actually really invested in this aj francis joe hendry feud and then if you want to add Diener as a caveat to this whole situation, I'm not going to complain about it, too. This was the best backstage segment, and I'm really upset Will wasn't here to talk about this one because this was great. And, you know, it kind of just kept going from there because something I really enjoyed, too, is we get this two-on-one match mm-hmm. between Khan and Richard, local, like, local talent Richard Adonis and Ori Gold. This only went, like, two minutes at best. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Khan <laughs> picks up the victory here, and then we get into my other favorite part. So PCO does his whole entrance, like the orderlies need to come mm-hmm. shock him until back to life. They do, but then Khan's just like, uh-uh, we ain't waiting for him to come back alive. So, you know, 
PCL ends up coming back alive, but he kind of gets pushed to the side because then Khan goes and throws the orderlies around. Mm-hmm. First one gets pushed to the floor. The second one, though, got a little bit of height because Khan threw that man and mm-hmm. like he went flying across the stage. I was just like, at this point, I was just like, oh, I forgot. Khan has a lot. He's a big man. Mm-hmm. You get thrown by him, you're going to go flying. Well, and like to see these two go at each other, I mean, because mm-hmm. they went everywhere, uh, you know, and then security came down to try and break them up, which I'm pretty sure most of the security were the orderlies that just took off all their scrubs and then came running down. Um, but uh, to see them just like toss around security and see them in the ring together and go at each other, like, I am down for this happening at no surrender. Give us some crazy stipulation. I know monsters we just ball. had, I know, I know. I was going to say, I know we just had a monster's ball with PCO not that long ago. Um, be the but, king of monster's ball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think this is a smart choice for both of them. You know, PCO resigned. He was the first person to resign with TNA. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's still got it being that monster character. And so I think this could be definitely a handoff um, kind of of that to Khan. Uh, and yeah, I, I let them fight everywhere with everything. I'm down to see them just go crazy. I think this is a really smart choice because something that we talked about since Bound for Glory is we wanted to see PCO have more feuds than outside mm-hmm. of... Like, because the last feud he had was with Bully Ray. So mm-hmm. that was... That was a hot minute ago. Like, that was a while ago. Yeah. But this is perfect. I was like, listen, every promotion needs at least one big men slapping big men meaty feud, and this happens (laughs) to be it, and I am here for it. So this, we get into the next part. So I loved what we got at the end. I was disappointed Mm -hmm. of how short this match was. Yeah, I was surprised. I was like, really? We're only giving like seven a fine, I guess. So this was Alan Angels versus Josh Alexander. I love that we're continuing this new character for Angels, like his entrance music. Now I call that genre music like butt rock. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like something that a suburban dad would listen to. <laughs> like it's just like the heydays of the era of music mm-hmm. we grew up on. I was like, it's very kind of slightly alternative punk, but not really mm-hmm. it was like butt rocky, which is perfect because now his whole character, he's just a total yeah which i love he reminds me if chris daughtry decided to be a douche as a rocker this is alan angels's character which i love and then i was reminded i was like damn alan angels is really short because then josh alexander makes his entrance and you know the bell doesn't ring they start fighting then when i see the side by side i'm like damn josh is really tall yeah, I mean, I think they're definitely there. You know, you've got one on the shorter end, one on the taller end, and it just makes Josh look huge. Um, I did like the Angels, you know, because of the size difference and, you know, the strength difference. Uh, Angels attacked early and he jumped on him. And then, of course, he made the classic mistake of gloating too soon. Um, but I, what I really liked was we're continuing to see a batter josh alexander like he's he's mean he you know he he when he went to lock in the ankle lock he like stomped on the ankle first then went for the ankle lock and so i'm interested to see because this seems like where he started to go since he started since he teamed with zach saber jr um 
And I kind of want to see that. Like, Josh has been the kind of Captain America, which is funny, I guess Captain Canada, um, of, like, TNA. Um, but now he's kind of turning into, you know, a little, like, more, um, not hardcore in the wrestling sense, but he's a little more intense, a little meaner, a little more serious. Um, and it makes sense because he's trying to get back to the top and all of these people that he's facing are standing in his way of doing that. And so it's like, it's not only professional, but he's kind of taken it personally. Um, so I, I'm really excited for what we'll get to see from Josh Alexander coming out of that. I am too. And again, my only real complaint is this was a short match. I wanted maybe a couple extra minutes, but look, Josh is great. Alan Angels is great. I'm happy that we're seeing Alan Angels back more, yeah. which is something we've wanted for a long time. But then my little wrestling heart got super excited because as the match is ending, Josh is high-fiving fans on his way back up the ramp, like heading towards the ramp. And then we see this mask, which I was very smart. It wasn't like a full-on like mask yeah. thing. It was just like a face mask. It's like, yeah, there are still people that still wear yep. those post-pandemic. And then he just decked the crap out of josh i was just like what the heck and then he jumps the barricade throws josh into the steel steps takes off the hat takes off the bandana and i was not expecting this individual but we see a we see a wild simon gotch you know yelling and spitting on josh alexander and my little heart exploded with joy i mean you want to talk about yeah, you want to talk about a like a hard hitting wrestling match like Ooh, Josh Alexander against Simon Gotch? Woo! Yeah, sign me up for no surrender, please. Yes, yes. But, seriously, but yeah, he lays out Josh. He jumps up, and I love that TNA is one of the few companies that doesn't like pretend that we don't know where these people came from because mm-hmm. I love that Tom Hannafan puts Matthew Raywall on the spot. Yeah. I'm like, did you know this? It's like, look. Me and Gotch teamed in the past, like the VOD villains were our thing, but mm-hmm. I had no idea he was going to be here. I was just like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Simon Gotch is an incredible in-ring performer. Yeah. And the idea, because I have my rule, I need to see a graphic for it to be official, but mm. if we're getting Josh versus Simon at you no know, surrender, or if this is what we want to build towards in the next couple weeks of TNA, to me josh they're just giving josh like the best opponents right now and i'm here for it yeah also i mean this was taped before the scott demore firing but i was just like i would love to see simon gotch be a staple in tna heck yeah heck yeah that's a great place for him just give me all the wrestlers that i want to see so bad but i'm really excited i thought this was a really fun way to kind of end this whole entire match plus segment and now as weird as it is to say, I'm excited to see a pissed off Josh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. And I think it'll play really well into Simon Gotch because Simon Gotch is like, I feel like he, as angry as he was when he attacked, like he's, he wants his opponents to come at him angry because then they're going to make a mistake. They're going to get overly aggressive and he's going to be able to use that to his advantage. And so it's like he's going to egg on Josh and like harass him to, get angry at him and then gotch will use that to draw him in and so yeah i think the two of them going at each other um like i'd love to see this as like a best two out of three falls or iron man or some kind of match 
uh, that fits in with some of the other things we already know we're getting for No Surrender um, and that fit for that kind of a pay-per-view. And that really showcases like how brutal these two can make actual like mat wrestling. I would love to see because I would love to see this be if we're going to add a stipulation if they choose to. I would love to see. Yeah, I think the Iron Man match, I think, would probably be a good idea because I just want to see these two like wrestle wrestle. Yeah, like I'm here for good stipulation, like a street fight and things like that. But Mm -hmm. I actually would rather have more of the wrestling mat style based Mm -hmm. stipulations like an Iron Man or like like a submission match. Like the only way to win is to get your opponent to tap or something Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Like the ideas in our brains is makes me super excited to see what kind of feud we end up getting. So from here, we quickly get like the bumpers for next week. We're getting the second, you know, two out of three match series for the tag titles. We get some promotion that, you know, we're going to see some more knockouts action next week. I was just like, (laughs) I'm excited. And then we get to our main event, which was given a pretty good chunk of time for this one. Eddie Edwards versus Alex Shelley. It's just a singles match, no stipulations. For me personally, this was my match of the night. I was just like, this is the Eddie Edwards I want to see. Like, we've talked at nauseum about his feud with Frankie Kazarian, how it went on for way too long for both of them. But this is the back to basics Eddie that I know him to be. This was just wrestling, like, no shenanigans. Just he's going to kick you with the knee and Mm -hmm. he's going to hit you. He's going to try to destroy you. And I love that Alex Shelley is kind of this in-between, you know, not total face, not total heel. He's like, I'm not trying to cheat, but I'm going to, you know, the ref's not looking. I'm going to kick you in the face. Like, Yeah. <laughs> this well, match ruled. I liked it. I loved And I like the way that they played into Eddie's uh, injured leg after he kicked the ring post um, because it kind of, again, helped Alex Shelley, um, you know, compensate for the size difference. Um, this match was more brutal and technical than I expected. And like you said, it's not that I didn't think or know that both of them could go there, but um, I didn't know if they would in this match. Um, And what it did was it kind of gave me an idea of how intense this feud can be Um, because these two just like went at each other and I really enjoyed it. And I think just like with the rascals, uh, they're using the system and especially like Alicia Edwards um, really well. Cause you're like, yeah, of course they're the bad guys. They're gonna do what they need to do to win. Um, but it's not coming across as like annoying or anything like that because it makes sense for the characters. It makes sense for the story that we're getting. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was a great setup. It shows how dangerous Alex Shelley can be. Um, like as he comes after Moose and Moose is kind of using his faction to try and, uh, you know, weaken his opponent, even though he's, you know, trying to talk about like he doesn't need to. But uh, I thought it was a, a great storytelling to get all that happening and leading up to, you know, what we got and what we're going to get more of. I'm super excited. This match rolled. I also really enjoyed the fact that Alex Shelley had to be quick about how he picked up the win here because mm-hmm. it was, he's realizing it's like, all right, Eddie is actually kind of tough, so I need to finish this quickly and fast. So Eddie tries to go for a Boston knee party. Mm-hmm. I'll chuckle with the name of that finisher. I love it. To, I love yeah. it so much. But as you know, Alex Shelley ducks and then he rolls up quickly. 
but yeah. Eddie Edwards to pick up the victory. And I was like, you know what? Normally, I hate a schoolboy roll up for a finish, but you know what? In the sense of this, I'm okay with it. And it wasn't quite a schoolboy because yeah. he got him into a traditional pin. And then but he it turned him like, over a little bit. Yeah. But it was just like enough that mm-hmm. it didn't have that like, oh, it's the same thing we've seen a bunch of times. But it still also like made sense that he got a quick pin out of it. Um, so I kind of like the slight difference of it. Um, but yeah, it was a good segment to really get into that. So then from the fallout from this is Brian Myers immediately jumps in and starts beating up on Alex Shelley. Mm-hmm. Alicia comes in and I was waiting for her to stomp out <laughs> Alex Shelley. I was like, I would be kind of here for the women, the knockouts to like stomp on the men too. I was like, yes, mm-hmm. give me that equal rights, equal fights right. feeling. <laughs> I love it. And so, you know, as they're setting up Alex Shelley to kind of for the boss me party, Kushida comes out and then Kushida, there was a little bit of a pause, which I was like, why is he not? Oh, okay. There we go. It was like a couple seconds delay and then he started beating up and then they exit the ring and then we barely get there in time to see Kevin Knight like do freaking flying acrobatics onto Brian Myers. And I'm just like, he got an arc (laughs) when he jumped off the top rope. I'm like that is a big man fly because <laughs> Kevin Knight's kind of tall. <laughs> and I, I I like what they're setting up with this because it was funny. One of the things I thought when Alex Shelley came down to the ring was I was like, oh, Alex Shelley's in white tights. He's not normally in white tights. And then when I saw him standing in the ring with uh, Kushida and Knight, they were there. You know, a lot of also, their gear is more white yep. and like silver. And so I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that last image of the three of them. Now they look like they're unified. Um, and the three of them wrestling against the system, uh, we could get some really cool matches and depending on how they oh, divide absolutely. it all up. And I love the consistency because Kushida has some beef with the system because they attacked him like two yeah. weeks ago and like they try to take him out. Yeah. Well, and, you love know, it. they're 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 friends and all that kind of stuff. And I felt like, you know, this was seeing all of this is made more sense to why the knockouts tag match wasn't in the main event. Um, Because this is telling the big story of what's going forward with this, you know, with the big faction currently in TNA, with the world title and all that. And I also kind of think it also played into the fact that that was Trinity's last match and it was more of a like, we want to focus on the people that are going to be continuing on and not that they wanted to necessarily take away from Trinity's last match, but it just it made sense the more I saw of it and the way that this ended, I was like, yeah, this is a good way to end uh, as we go forward in TNA. Oh, absolutely. And so since we're still talking about Alex Shelley, we get another digital exclusive later, you know, on social media that basically Alex feels that everything that has happened so far, we can't have any shenanigans. We can't have anything. So at no surrender, we are going to be implementing no surrender rules, which Mm -hmm. means now that the, in the TNA World Championship match between Moose and Alex Shelley is now a no surrenders match, which means the only way for you to lose is for somebody who is in your corner to throw in the towel, which essentially is just making this a glorified no DQ match because it yeah. seems that anything goes. The only way to lose is somebody has to throw in the towel for you. And I am so excited. I was like, this is a perfect way to kind of close this really weird short chapter between the system and the time mm-hmm. splitters but then it also adds an extra dimension of what comes afterwards too because i believe 
whatever happens between the X Division Championship match is going to dictate what happens next in the storyline. Either we're going to continue to see Alex Shelley and the Time Splitters face off against the system, or, and I think Andrew and Will kind of agree with me because we talked about this profusely once the match was announced. I think Ali is actually going to go on a short stint as X Division champion mm-hmm. for a bit since we're getting him at no surrender and we're having, we get to keep him all the way until I believe after uh, the, the tapings that happened after um, the fallout from sacrifice in March. Mm-hmm. So we have Ali for like six, seven weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever the case may be, I thought this was a really fun main event. This was obvi- my match of the night, and I'm actually really excited to s- have this match at No Surrender be now a No Surrender match. Yeah, and it's a cool stipulation. It's fun. I, I like. We don't get I, to see it that often. No, and uh, yeah, it just makes a way for them to tell more story to play into it. Like obviously, they've built up their corners in like kind of the groups that they're assigned with now. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they use that. And there's a lot of different factors that can play into it. Um, but it gets me excited for the build that we're going to see, because obviously we can see some matches between the different groups leading up to it and eventually mm-hmm. get that big match, which, you know, the first match was awesome. So I'm excited to see what they're going to, I mean, you know, they're going to step it up with this one, with that new stipulation. Oh, absolutely. I'm ready for these two to kill each other, which is something I <laughs> always look forward to. So that brings us to the end of TNA Wrestling, at least the main show. So before we get into our rating, we do need to talk about some other things. So moving from here on forth, we are here at the Takedown Trooper. We are also going to be reviewing the Explosion episodes, which is basically like a very quick 10, 12 minute additional. Like these are your dark matches that happen Mm -hmm. before the tapings. So we're going to quickly talk about this. These matches don't factor into our final rating of the actual episode itself, but we want to make sure that all the talent that we get to see on a weekly basis in TNA get their shine. So on this week's explosion, we had two matches. First off, we had Rhino taking on Champagne Zinc. Obviously, Rhino picked up the victory here, which plays into a title match we're getting next week on TNA as Rhino challenges Crazy Steve for the Digital Media Championship. Listen, I'm just happy to see more Crazy Steve on my television. <laughs> like, I love Crazy Steve, but as far as this match with Rhino and Champagne Sing, <sighs> I know what I was expecting. I got it. I'm still slightly underwhelmed. <laughs> I was like, no, it was fine. It This match was definitely felt more like it was there to set up uh, what happened after the match, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was what it was, but I was much more excited about what we're going to get to see from what happened afterwards. For sure. And like I said, I'm excited to see this, this digital media championship match between Rhino and crazy Steve next week on TNA. It's going to be great. And then our second match, you know, before we, so I have some thoughts about this. So. Rich Swan versus Jason Hodge. Rich Swan mm. loses again. Ah. This is the second week on Explosion that he has lost. I was like, what's going on? Like, what are we doing? Like, I don't listen. I'm not saying Rich Swan should win all the time, but mm. I'm like, I wonder if there's a plan where he continuously loses and then, oh my gosh, what if he turns, he actually turns on Joe Hendry whenever we get the confrontation between Joe and AJ and 
AJ's been trying to tell him, but you know, Rich wants to be a good guy, and then he continues to lose. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. I was happy to see Jason pick up the win. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was totally expecting Rich Swan to win, because, I mean, you know, you talk about Rich Swan losing, the good hands are always losing, too, so... um, I was Uno reverse card. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they're actually going to go somewhere with this story. Cause I feel like they're setting us up for AJ Francis to kind of build a stable, even if it's just the people he's paying to be there. Um, But uh, I like that. It wasn't just a, like I show up and now I'm just going to get all these people, but that there's actually might be some validity to what he's saying. Um, And, you know, it's like, dude, you're a veteran. You've been doing this for how long? How long much have you given to this company? And look what, look where you're at still come with me. And, you know, not only do we have strength in numbers, but we got strength in money. Um, so if that's what it's setting up, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking in, into that. Um, and, uh, but I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I hope this wasn't just, uh, you know, another loss for rich Swan. Um, and yeah, good on on Hutch for getting a victory. Um, and it was it was a quality match, but yeah, I was definitely a little surprised by who won. Definitely, and that was your quick review of Explosion. So <laughs> I'm excited to talk about Explosion because it's very digestible. It's like 12, 15 minutes each week. We get the dark matches that happen at the tapings, which is great. And so what's going to be interesting is TNA next week is. We, we are now officially out of the Orlando tapings. Mm-hmm. And I forgot what city, wasn't it, what was the second city they went to? Because it's Philadelphia coming up in March. And we already had the tapings in We had the February. Vegas ones. We had the Florida one. And then I don't remember where they're going next. I love it. Or All right, hang on. Next. You know, uh, we're going to take a hot minute to because now it's going to bother me until I figure it out. <laughs> This is what happens, you guys. You're just like, I want to make sure that I get this correct because I want it to be fine. Because we have the fallout tapings coming up after No Surrender in Louisiana. So that's mm. not where they were beforehand. So Philly is in March. Yeah, it's going to bother me until I figure it out. Yeah, you know what? It At this point, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we are moving on from the Orlando tapings, I believe, starting. Yeah, I believe we're moving. No, actually, I take that back. I think we're still in Orlando because they had a long taping schedule mm. in Orlando for two nights. I think we've come to the end of the first night of tapings, and I think mm-hmm. we're starting the second night next two weeks, which also I'm super excited for. And random note, we finally get to see, we get to hear from Ash by Elegance. Like, she will actually yes. cut a promo, and I'm like, I love it. I love it so much. It's going to be great. All right, Andrew, last thing we got to do before we get on out of here, we got to rate this week's TNA episode. So what did you give this week's TNA? Uh, I give this an 8.3. I thought it was a really solid night of fun matches. Um, And between the matches and the promos that we got, almost every single thing that happened progressed story. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really fun night of matches um there wasn't anything you know extremely underwhelming for me uh it was fun it was good um sad to see that this is trinity's last night but yeah it was a 8.3 for me 
I'm there with you. I will give this a solid like eight and a half for me using my scale. I really enjoyed the wrestling. The backstage segments felt like it didn't drag on for too long. I my only big critiques is, is that I feel that you know I wish I, Alan and Josh got a couple more minutes because I think both of them can really go. It's great. I love the direction that we're going with Khan's character, minus the ears wickling during the scream shake. <laughs> I was like, I was just reminded, of like, oh, he's just an adorable little pit bull. <laughs> like, because when pit bulls shake their heads, it's a similar yeah. thing. And then, of course, look, I'm all here for PCO and <laughs> Khan fighting. Joe Hendry, AJ Francis, Diener had my backstage segment of the night. This was the funniest thing. And I was just like, Joe Hendry is a gem, national treasure. Protect that man at all costs. Seriously. Yes. I really enjoyed myself. 8.5. And I'm so excited. Please give me a good wrestling match between Josh and Simon Gotch. Like, that's yeah. what I want to see. I'm like, if you give me that at no surrender, I will have no complaints. <laughs> like, it's so good. But that brings us to the end of this, you know, Sunday edition of <laughs> the Takedown Troop. We will literally be back recording another episode in like five days on a Friday, like on our normal recording schedule. So this is a one-time thing. This is what happens when you have multiple people and lives. How dare us have lives outside of wrestling? No, I'm just kidding. We enjoyed this. And, you know, we enjoy what we do. So therefore, that's why we got together on a Sunday morning to do this. So if you enjoyed this and want to see what else we got here at the YouTube channel, make sure to... Take a look around here at the Biconics Wrestling YouTube channel. Make sure to follow us all over the social medias at BC WrestlePod to get up-to-date notifications of when videos go live, funny memes, and just overall shenanigans that you don't get to see. And if you cannot find the time to commit to watching our beautiful vases in video format, you can take and carry our voices with you on the go as we have audio versions of all of our reviews now on whatever favorite podcasting network you subscribe to. Apple, Spotify, somehow we made it onto Amazon Music. (laughs) I was just like, I'm not going to complain about it. Um, It's a great time. And, you know, just listen to us on your way to work while you're studying for a test. When you're doing some homework, or apparently, according to a lot of you, you listen to us when you're taking care of business on the porcelain throne. Uh, I'm not, I don't care. Like, as long as you listen and subscribe to us, it's a great time for myself and Andrew and our missing co-host, Will, as well as the rest of the Biconics boys. Remember, take care of yourself, love one another, as always, stay biconic, all you guys, gals, non-binary pals, he, she, they's, and gays of the internet. We will see you for the next takedown review in a couple of days. But until then, ciao, ciao for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Vibe Tribe production. What's going to happen next time? Well, you're going to have to tune in to find out. But until then, remember, take care of yourself, love one another, and as always, make sure that you keep the good times rolling. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time.